great show today. You don't want to miss a second. Uh, everything that is happening, we are covering on today's podcast. Uh, brought to you by Sweat Block. Hi, sweaty person. Do you sweat? Do you sweat so much that people run in fear? Oh, dear God, close the door. We're all going to drown in here. Yes, I know. And that's why I use Sweat Block. If you've ever felt like you were in the Titanic or you were in the Poseidon Adventure and you were going to sink into a giant pool of nothing but sweat and it's coming from you, get Sweat Block. Get their miraculous sweat wipes. Uh, their sweat wipes are really great. You put it on. For me, it lasts about a week, depending on how much you sweat. Uh, you can put the sweat block wipes. You just wipe them under each arm. And I'm telling you, you're not going to sweat. You're not going to stink. It is a revolutionary way to stop sweating and stop smelling. It is sweat block. Sweatblock.com. Use a promo code BECK and you'll save. You can also find them on Amazon. Sweatblock.com. As if that is your real name. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Tom Fitton is on with us from uh, Judicial Watch to talk to us about yet another possible indictment on what is happening with Donald Trump. Will this ever end? Tom, welcome. Hey, Glenn. Good to be with you. Thank you. So, first of all, I just have to say, you know, I've talked to you a million times and I've seen you several times, but are you lifting now? Because you look like you could snap my neck with your fingers. <laughs> it's all AI generated. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So is my fatness. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so uh, uh, yesterday they came out. It looks like there may be another arrest uh, of Donald Trump, another indictment. Right. Can, can you explain what is going on here and what is going on in Michigan as well, if you can? Well, I think it's a coordinated Democratic Party operation to destroy the Republican Party using the awesome powers. And I don't use the word awesome in a positive way, uh, but powerful powers of the prosecutorial offices at the state and a federal level. Uh, to arrest their leadership. I mean, that's what's going on in Michigan. Um, electors are those who participated in disputing the election in, in Michigan, including Republican leaders, have been indicted, face the rest of their lives in jail, potentially. Uh, what's going on here in Washington, D.C., is that the Jack Smith grand jury, after they indicted, moved to push uh, an indictment of Trump on uh, the sham pro uh, document issue, is uh, trying to prosecute him for a being president and questioning how federal elections were run and b being a candidate exercising his rights under the first amendment to dispute an election and figure out what legally could be done uh and maybe they're trying to tie it to the january 6th incident as well but uh you know i testified to that grand jury and i can tell you they they spent a lot of time harassing me about first amendment protected speech and electors and debates about that that were taking place. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, despite the, you know, despite the, hara the harassment, is why is all this being discussed in this context? This is a federal grand jury, and we're talking politics. 
we're talking party politics. It was it was like being in a CNN interview for four hours. And and uh, so it's no surprise, given their interest in partisan politics and debating me on the Constitution and and federal election law, uh, that they would take the next step uh, and abuse their office further uh, to try to jail Trump before the election. So what happens here? Are they uh, are they really trying to jail him? Because you could still run for president in jail. And I have to tell you, uh, I think there would be a lot of people that wear, would wear a T-shirt proudly uh, of his mugshot with the numbers under his face uh, and just say, I voted for Trump. I voted for prisoner 14009. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that would do that because we see this as insanity and a banana republic. Well, I mean, they're they're in in the Miami case, which began in Washington, D.C. They moved it down to Miami. They were seeking a trial for December. Now, the judge may put that off a little bit, but it may still occur during election time. Uh, you know, they were planning to, to try to get him and get him prosecuted, finish the trial and get him jailed around the time the primaries began. And now it's going to be potentially it looks like, you know, all, all the signals are there's going to be another arrest and indictment of Trump. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go here in D.C. They have a much more anti-Trump uh, judicial bench up here. Uh, to me, all bets are off here uh, in terms of the abuse of power and how far. The Biden regime, I don't call, you know, they've officially became a regime, in my view, with the indictment of Trump, how far the Biden regime is willing to go. And and, you know, as again, Democrat prosecutor in 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 the state of Michigan, a key state, obviously, for any election, has now just tried to arrest the Republican Party leadership or people close to him, you know, most of whom seem to be in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, this this is. Uh, and then on top of that, you have what's happening in New York City and Fulton County, Democrat prosecutor down there. And, you know, my question is, Glenn, you know, we can talk about how outrageous this is. is what's to be done about it? Are Republicans in the House going to exercise all the powers they have under the Constitution to rein this in, cut off funding to these local uh, DAs and states that abuse the civil rights of their citizens, shut down the Jack Smith investigation, just defund it? I mean, there there are things that can be done that they don't really want to talk about doing, because you know their their um, you know fear based leadership is their mantra. Well, they better get over that quickly because this is the last election um, that they will they will have a chance of winning ever again if they if they don't start moving uh, uh, mountains here and actually cutting off the purse strings. Uh, to the things that they can do <clears throat> and use every tool at its disposal. You know, they, they keep talking about, Bob, well, we're thinking about contempt. We're thinking about holding you in contempt. Well, then hold them in contempt. Stop thinking about it. Hold them in contempt. You know, the, the uh, White House, one of the first uh, executive orders was to do an, a government-wide uh, look and plan on how to register new voters. And it was right. for every department in the government. Congress has asked for that plan and said, can we see what you guys are doing? They won't release it. 
Well, let's stop thinking about holding you in contempt and actually putting your ass in jail if you don't do what the what the other branch is telling you to do that we have a right to see this show it to us i i i really am very concerned about the integrity of our election and uh if this stuff isn't stopped with donald trump uh, we just have we're turning into venezuela that's right and they don't want uh you remember they're punishing folks for disputing the 2020 election and what better way to ensure that doesn't happen again and that no one questions the 2024 election or really doesn't want to participate in any significant participate in it in any significant way is to jail the political leadership of of the of of the party that challenged uh biden I, you know this is to me kind of a a search and destroy mission against the republican yeah. party that grand jury according to reports is investigating republican party fundraising they've targeted state legislators citizens involved in this alternative elector dispute uh, before 2020, which happens virtually every election, every federal uh, or presidential election, there are disputes about electors. It's it's what happens. Usually Democrats do it. Uh, but when Republicans do it, it's a different thing. You know, and I testified to the grand jury about this. And it's funny, it's they were kind of aghast when I said, you know, I was very worried in 2020 because Democrats were saying that they wanted to uh, dispute the election and were willing to engage in succession by certain states unless the electoral college votes went their way. They didn't seem yep. interested in that seditious conspiracy. Isn't that so? They've got evidence, right? I gave them evidence to the grand jury that Democrats were planning civil unrest and civil war. Oh, did they bring in those folks responsible? Oh, guess who was doing some of that planning? John Podesta, who's currently in the Biden White House. So, Tom, you get up in the morning. You're lifting like, I don't know, Cadillacs. And you're like, oh, I'm going to shape. And uh, you're thinking about what's going on. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? Well, as a Christian, I'm optimistic. As a citizen, um, I'm a bit pessimistic because I kind of see our republic tottering. And I'm fearful we'll, we'll lose it um, if, beca- if it becomes the norm that the Justice Department can prosecute the former president and, and the number one candidate for president against the current president at the drop of a hat. And, and if that becomes the norm... We're no different than Putin's Moscow and Xi's Beijing. Uh, that's how you lose a republic. When the Justice Department, we've had political prosecutions in the past out of Justice Department. We know that, you know, and abuses. But nothing where it's been so brazen and naked and the veil's been lifted that you go to jail if you oppose us. And I, you really have to go back to the early part of the last century under Woodrow Wilson to see anything comparable. Uh, where they jailed all of his political opponents here. We didn't have the, you know, but even then you didn't have the major party candidate jailed. And this is what they want to do. They want to jail Trump before the election. uh, And, and the idea that that would be happening in, 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 in America uh, is um, something that ought to concern us because if it happens, you have to wonder if we quote are America anymore. Are we, I, I think we are very close uh, on that line one way or another, I don't know, but we're very close. Um, 
Tom, what is the thing that you you can instruct us to do? What is it we can do? I mean, I look at the 16 Republicans indicted, you know, in Michigan. I mean, I would love to see a whole bunch of Republicans standing up in Michigan saying, hey, fine. If that's what you're going to do, we've just doubled our size and we're taking those roles and we're involving ourselves. You know, something that shows that you're not going to take one out without two replacing. We have to be a hydra. Well, certainly um, the left is very concerned about elections in 2024 and them being, you know, they're willing to rig them again. So they want to scare us off from participating in the election process. And so no American should be frightened off by this. I mean, if they, if they value their country, they still have to take that risk and participate in the public policy process, certainly as it relates to elections. We've got right now this kind of window in the House where they're figuring out what to do about funding. Ask your member of Congress, what are you going to do to stop this? And I don't want a report. I don't want a hearing. We know what's going on. And you're funding it. You're funding this this jailing of Trump. You're funding this prosecution of citizens for exercising their First Amendment rights, which isn't just about free speech. The other part of exercising your First Amendment rights means the right to petition your government. And that goes yes. to the heart of these election disputes. And and why is the why is the House going to fund this? Are they going to continue to fund this? Speaker McCarthy, are you going to shut it down? He could shut down technically the Jack Smith investigation, just defund it. Say no money being spent this year on, on, on prosecuting Trump or anything under Jack Smith's office, or maybe just shut it down in perpetuity. Demand a special counsel. Mm. Impeach Biden. Escalate it in terms of this is important to the rule of law. We see what you're doing, yeah. and we're going to do everything we can under the Constitution to stop, prevent, and hold you accountable. Yeah, I just can't. I just cannot uh, sit here and and tolerate the stories about the weaponization of government. Um, you know, we hear another one. We hear here's another whistleblower. Here's a, what are you doing about it? What are you yeah. doing about it? We got yeah. it, Tom Fitton. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, Ben. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> you bet, Tom Fitton uh, from JudicialWatch.org. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I read a story yesterday. I don't remember where they were talking about how Tucker Carlson is just a fascist and pro Putin and all of this garbage, all of this garbage. Uh, And in case you don't know, I did a a really great interview with him uh, just last Friday after we had the leadership summit, which was fantastic. Um, and, uh, we sat on stage for about an hour, just the two of us. And we, uh, went back and forth on, on different things. And I started talking to him about, uh, alcoholics cut seven. People who've been forced to face their own failings and realize the central insight of life and the root of all wisdom, which is I am not God. Yes. I'm, you know, you don't have to have a specific theology to realize that. You just have to be honest and aware and willing to face it. I am not God. And you definitely learn that. If you drink too much, if you party too much as I did, like, there's no pretense like, well, actually, I kind of think I'm God. 
<laughs> no. And uh, that's a really good thing to learn, and I trust people like that. And it doesn't even have to be former drinkers or drug people. No, it's just it's people like, who have. Yeah, anyone who's been, whenever I know someone who's gone to prison, I always try to have a party for the person when he gets out, even yeah. if it's like a bad crime, because they're always improved by it. Like Jack Abramoff went to prison. Mm. I didn't even know him that well, but he got out. I'm not a lobbyist, I'm not in his business. I had a huge party for him at my house. My neighbors were outraged. How could you have Jack Abramoff in here? I was like, he, he went to prison, like he's out. Yeah. Like I now respect him because he can no longer pose as a good person. Correct. And that is exactly where I am. I'm he, not pretending to be a good person. I, I just painted a, a painting of Johnny Cash in mm. jail, uh, his mugshot. The best. And, and I called it best day of his life. And people were just looking at it. I was just at an art gallery, and they were just looking at it, and they said, best day of his life. And I said, oh, everything's, everything's sunshine and lollipops after there. This broke him. Yes. So now he's humble enough. Everything, he will look back, and I'm sure he did, look back on that moment as, thank God that happened. I, I agree with that. I agree thank with God. that. I really would recommend, in a much more low-grade way, getting fired. It's good for a man to be fired. It is. It is. Because you can really start, especially if you're in the talking business, you can wake up and be like, it's possible I'm Jesus. Yeah. And you start thinking that, Yeah. it's not good. And yeah. so getting fired and being humiliated and having people avert their gaze when you walk into the you restaurant. You don't learn anything. You learn good. some things when you're wildly successful. I never learned anything. But when you're broken, 100%. And then you, that, that's, 100%. you hate it when it happens, but you always look back and go, best years of no, my life. No, this time when it happens, the third time it's happened to me, um, my wife was like, first of all, I'm psyched. She was psyched. Um, so that's good. My wife She's not taken same. off like, oh, me and the pool boy are out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wasn't like that at all. But it was, I was like immediately thankful for it. I was like, this would be good. Because if this had continued, oh, you're so important. <laughs> at some point, I'd be like, you know, I, I really am. That's a great, that was a great interview. I, I mean, that was, that's a great really part of that was. interview. It's such a great perspective. Yeah. And, and it, you could tell yeah. he's the guy who's go, in the middle of going through this. This is not a retrospective yeah. interview where like, I remember Correct. when I was fired in 2018. This is like he's Correct. in the middle of going through this, and it's a great perspective to have. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I remember, I've told the story before, the last night before I went into Roger Ailes, uh, you know, I had been with Bono and everything. I was like a cool kid for the first time. And uh, I walked in and I said, honey, how can this be God's plan that I would leave? Look at we're, we're, we're the pinnacle of my career and we're going to have access and everything else. And she luckily said, I'm going to bed. And uh, then I stood there at the window and I remember almost an audible voice. If you don't leave now, you're not going to leave with, with your soul. And I know that to be true because, as he said, there's times where you can begin to feel like, dig me. Look at me. I, look, at, look at the mountains I can move. And it is, uh, it's dangerous. That's why this Pride Month stuff bothers me so much. It had nothing to do with the homosexuality. Just the word pride. Can, we need humility. We need much more humility, not pride. I told you last week, if you haven't heard this interview, you need to hear it. It's at blazetv.com. Um, you can sign up uh, for, a, uh, per, uh, for a subscription. Use the word summit, and you'll save $30 off. Code word summit. Um, I... Uh, I have to tell you, I, uh, I think God is, well, I'm, 
I don't even want to say think. I know God something is doing something with Tucker Carlson. Uh, he is on fire, on fire right now. Something big is coming with Tucker Carlson, uh, and it is going to be fun to watch. Listen to him uh, talk about God and reading the book of Revelation. Do you think there's a chance, and I know people say this all the time, forever they've said this, but do you think there's a chance that we are living in the times when we'll see Christ return in our life? You know, people, I, I, we live in Maine for half the year, or more than half the year, and I work out of a barn in our tiny little town, which some local newspaper like ran a picture of it. So I have people at the barn every day. And I would say, when I'm like sitting in there in my boxer, smoking a cigar, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and I always, I'm dumb enough to answer the door. And I would say 100% of the time, it's someone there to tell me about the end times. And I always say the same thing, which is, I totally believe that's happening. I think that history does have an end. Okay, it's not a loop. It's a progression, it's linear. I, I believe that, I know that intuitively, and I believe it as a matter of faith. So I do think there's an end at some point. But for me to presume to call it, to know when it's coming, are you joking? Like, the number one sin is presuming you have powers that you don't, to put yourself in the position of the creator, to pretend you're God, to mistake yourself for the Almighty. And for me to say, well, I, you know, I'm pretty sure the end times are, really? Yeah, I'm not. Like a thief in the night, right. you don't know. So, like, I, you know, sure, it looks that way to me. But, but he like, also, what do I know? I thought Lee Zeldin was going to be governor of New York. Okay? <laughs> so I'm not going to predict it. But, I, but I, I think that, well, no man will know. I totally agree. And I'm not saying that he is coming. I'm not saying that. But he did give us all of these clues to watch for. And I think it's to give us hope. When I actually started to think, because I've been doing this for a while, where it, my world gets very dark, and as I... Are you Scandinavian? <laughs> no. You must be. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at all of this, and my wife and I started really seriously considering just, you know, everybody, the apostles did this. I think it could happen. I think it could happen. And I found myself going, wow, that would be really cool. What an honor if it did happen, yeah. to live at this time. And I think he gave us some of these signs, not to say, yeah, buckle up, here we go, ride's going. He gave us, though, to say, I, when I come, you'll see these things, have hope. It's going to be difficult, but I'm coming. And so it all works out. I gotcha. That's, I think that's the, the message that so many people are missing well, right I now. Well, I believe that. I, I would just God say God's saying, I gotcha. One, I mean, no mainline Protestant church that I'm aware of allows its members to read Revelation. Like, you're not allowed to do that. You've got to be like a full-on snake handling fundy to read that stuff. <laughs> and so I'd never seen it, you know. I hadn't. Not that I was biblically literate in any way. Wow. But um, I just read it. I read it last month. And my wife's like, ooh, that's a, that's a scary one. And that's it was great. pretty heavy, but, like, yeah. I didn't find it scary at all. So that's the first thing. Like, it's actually worth kind of reading it. Um, it's, it's a slog, but it's, it's super interesting, and I didn't find it scary. That's the first thing. Second thing I would say is, I have no idea, no freaking clue, as we say in Maine, what's going on right now, but I will say that my personal relationships with the people that I love and know have never been crisper and deeper and more rewarding to me. I've never felt more connected to the people around me. I've never felt more satisfied with my relationships. I have lost a lot of friendships because of political turmoil, but I've gained new ones that are even more rewarding. And I just feel like 
there's a you know there's all this chaos and all this sadness and everyone's so sad about it. But if you look at your own life and assess your own relationships, are they better and deeper and more honest? They you may find that they are. He has great uh, great insight. And uh, as I was listening to him, I thought of Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey was a broadcaster years ago, somebody I used to listen to growing up. He was one of the inspirations for me getting into radio. And he would give the news reports. And and I remember him saying, the media, the media doesn't know if it's telling you the truth or not. The media lives in a bubble. Do you want to fix it? Relocate them all over the country. I have to tell you, as I'm listening to Tucker on that last particular thing, the reason why he doesn't sound like he's one of the voices in the media is he's not living in uh, New York or Los Angeles. He's living amongst real people in a very small town. I'm coming to you now from a town of about 450. There is this America that still exists in these small towns all over the country, and we forget about them. But then when you see somebody like Tucker, you're like, Oh, that's why he makes so much sense. He hasn't bought into all of the bullcrap. By the way, you don't want to miss this uh, whole podcast. It is uh, one-on-one with Tucker Carlson. Um, it is really, really fascinating. Um, I did it uh, just last Friday. You can find it at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code SUMMIT. Save $30. It's uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code SUMMIT. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, Stu, I'm I'm still looking at the uh, the wonderful, wonderful world of the New York Times, and still trying to figure out an article that we we started on yesterday. But I would like to come back to it and read it to you, and help me figure out: Is Donald Trump the most evil, wicked man ever? New York, or New York Times story? Is he shooting? T- yeah. I don't or is think he we need to be the president? I, I, okay. Well, <laughs> it goes. This this story was like written by a schizophrenic. Okay. Um, which, hey, beautiful schizophrenics. I endorse them. I'm around, you know, schizophrenics uh, whenever I can be. Some of my best friends could be schizophrenics. Well, they're wonderful and stop condemning them. Thank you for saying that during Schizophrenic Pride Month, which, of course, is thank you is July and August and also September and March. Correct. Well, if you're schizophrenic. All right. um, Here we go. From the New York Times, Donald J. Trump and his allies are planning a sweeping expansion of presidential power over the machinery of government. If voters return him to the White House in 2025, restructuring and reshaping the structure of the 
executive branch to concentrate far greater authority directly in his hands. Wow, that sounds bad. I'm already a little jittery. I'm well, like, oh my gosh. I've seen this movie before. I believe the emperor says uh, he's going to take control, and they say this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. This is <laughs> he's the emperor yeah. essentially in the story already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their plans to centralize more power in the Oval Office stretch far beyond the former president's recent remarks that he would order a criminal investigation into his political rival, President Biden. Yeah, because that was crazy. You imagine a president (laughs) saying, hey, we should investigate my rival. What a totalitarian fascist. Literally no self-awareness whatsoever. Like, how could Mm -hmm. that not be the next line? Now, obviously, some would note that this is currently going on with the other party. Mm -hmm. None of that's even mentioned. Mm -hmm. Well, they say this signals his intent to end the post-Watergate norm of Justice Department independence from the White House. Uh Mm -hmm. Mr. Trump and his associates have a broader goal to alter the balance of power by increasing the president's authority over every part of the federal government that now operates either by law or tradition with any measure of independence from political interference by the white house according to a review of his campaign policy proposals and interviews with people close to him mr trump intends to bring independent agencies like the federal communications commission which makes and enforces the rules for television and internet companies or the federal trade commission which enforces various antitrust and other consumer protection rules against business under direct presidential control he wants to revive a practice of impounding funds refusing to spend money congress has already appropriated for programs a president doesn't like a tactic that lawmakers banned under richard nixon he intends to strip employment protection from the tens of thousands of career civil servants making it easier to replace them if they're deemed obstacles to his agenda And he plans to scour the intelligence agencies, the State Department, and the defense bureaucracies to remove officials he has vilified as the sick political class that hates our country. So let me see if I have this right. The Congress makes laws and okay spending. Is that right, Stu? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, they, along with the president, have the power to declare war. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, so I got them down. Now, you go to the second branch, and that branch is the presidential branch. And that branch is the one that is um, supposed to just be a kind of almost a rubber stamp on, hey... You can't do that. I don't think this is constitutional. Therefore, I will veto it. And if it's not overridden in the Congress, then uh, it would have to go to the Supreme Court. But before we leave the second branch, the second branch is also in charge of like foreign entanglements and our State Department. So the State Department 
works for the president. That's why we don't elect the head of the State Department. We have to have the president appoint these people like the head of justice or the head of uh, the State Department or the head of the Pentagon, etc., etc. He appoints those people because they're they're in something. And I don't think it's very nice. I don't know how big these cabinets are, but putting full size people into cabinets is not very nice. Those people are on what he, what they claim is a cabinet. And the president meets with and I'm quoting his cabinet to outline where the federal government with the agencies are supposed to go. Now, they say that he's wanting to fire people that are in the agencies that are under the direct control of the president. And he doesn't have the right to do that. And I'm trying to think if you were if you were a boss and you hired everybody and you wanted them to do one thing and then all of them said no we're going to go and do this other thing and we'll actually undermine the stuff that you want and that boss couldn't fire anyone is he really the boss is he really the boss? Mm. Who is the boss? Because Congress has no place over a cabinet. It's not in the Constitution. The only one that does is the president. And if the president can't hire, fire, set policy, say we're not doing this, we are doing this, um, then who do they work for? Mm. I mean, a veritable civics uh, lesson we've just received here from from you, Glenn. And I think um, the answer to this question, of course, is not one the New York Times wants you to think about. Right? I mean, that's Correct. This is, this is sort of the goal. Goal. I mean, like they can say that it's this massive expansion, and honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if that's how Trump pitches it to voters too. Right? Like I think he sure. wants he wants Republican voters in the primary, especially, to think hey, you know, we're, we're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. I'm going to start taking the reins and we're going to make sure, uh, you, you know, stuff is done. We're not going to sit here behind the deep state and, and let and get rolled over again. We're not going to let that happen to us again. Um, I think that's his pitch. It's, it's Vivek's pitch as well. I mean, you've heard him. He made a pitch to you in an interview right after his appearance on stage the other day in Iowa. Um, I don't think that this is something that Republican voters right now dislike all that much uh, and especially no, when the new york I, times I, pitches I just, it as evil they're, they're gonna like it even more yeah i i have to tell you i i mean um i don't like the idea of any president saying i'm going to expand the powers of the presidency but i don't think that's what this is this is a take control of the agencies that are completely out of control. If they're not monitored by the president and able to be course corrected by the president and Congress doesn't have anything to say about the laws that they make. Congress is supposed to make the laws, not these agencies, but they're just making up laws now. Then then you have a rogue agency or agencies that are actually running the country and they are not accountable to anyone that can't happen 
That's one of the biggest problems we have in America. The Congress did not want to take it on the chin and make hard decisions. And so the president said, well, I've got the EPA here. We'll just uh, we'll do it through the EPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it through the EPA. So now you have these these organizations, all of them with all kinds of power that was never intended because they write the rules themselves and are held accountable to no one. Right. This is why they say in their article, by law or tradition, right? I mean, like the Constitution yeah. is quite clear as to who should have this power. But by tradition uh, and also by some uh, laws that I do not like, uh, they have assigned that power uh, to, uh, you know, in, in all sorts of different places. If the Congress were to reclaim that power, would that be an expansion of their power? I mean, I would argue no. Uh, you know, the Reigns Act is specifically designed to be able to take that power back, and it's something that we should definitely pass. But that's not an expansion that's of why power. They just, and that's why they just leave the Reigns Act out. They don't even talk about the Reigns Act because it is, from where they are, an expansion of power. But... Because uh, of the progressive use of the presidency and all of the agencies, um, they don't want to talk about that. They were happy that that power went to the agencies because they could get things done in the dark of the night and nobody even knew. And so they don't want to explain all of that. So they don't explain the Reigns Act because I think people would be in favor of Congress having to pass the laws. So these things just aren't flipped overnight. You know what I think we can do? I think everyone uh, named, uh, everyone uh, named, uh, um, uh, you know, Sally. Uh, I think she should now be named uh, Olive. <laughs> so all Sally's are Olive. You'd be like, wait, what? No, we have the power to do that. Uh, we're in the, you know, human resources and human something, health and human or something. I don't know what it is, but we have the ability to change names and uh, they just run with it. That ability has got to go away. And uh, I'm sorry, New York Times, but your fear mongering doesn't work. I really want to hear from Donald Trump where he says, I know what the limits are, but these agencies need to become under control and i want to abolish a lot of them or fire a lot of the people and not refill those seats na, na, na.